What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? It's Johnny King with another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm super excited to have Terrence Corfrey on the podcast, who is uh, now a veteran of the podcast. This is our your second time. You're uh, chiming in all the way from around the, uh, the 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 globe from Bali once again. Um, how are you, brother? Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you again too. Really glad to be here. And you're uh, last time I had you on, we were talking about so many different things. You're as a just a, a men's coach, if you will, um, a retreat facilitator, workshop facilitator, um, helping men work through rites of passage. Um, functional medicine, so many different things that we've talked about. And I know that was like at the end of our previous, I think that was about a year ago, actually, I said, I got to have you back on. So it's just nice to circle back around and be able to, to dive in even deeper. But tell me a little bit more of what you've been up to this past year and what you're excited about as we kind of get ready for 2024. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> yeah, the the last year for me has been really one of... um. I, I developed a little bit of hubris here in the last year. I, I kind of felt like I had a lot of things figured out and I was I was starting to rest on my laurels a little bit in my own personal development and life. And some things have been starting to show up again as they do in the cyclical nature of, of a man's development. And <clears throat> so I'm really coming to terms with some with some things for myself now. And my work is going well, and I feel I feel solid in that realm. But um, for my for my personal life, noticing that some of the some of the things that have been existent since my childhood that I've I've never really attended to, you know, existence is starting to say, hey, maybe it's time to start looking at these things. And the one that's popping up for me at the moment is um, is anxiety. Realizing that I have been a sufferer of chronic anxiety my whole life and been ignorant of it. I found all these strategies to to deal with it, to cope with it, to have it under the radar of my conscious awareness. And now it's becoming evident that it's actually this is a this is a very consistent issue that I've been with since I was a little kid. But I imagine in your work as as often as the case, I feel like things that come up for us as coaches are uh, they resonate so much with guys that we're working with or that we're aiming to to connect with do you see there's um i was just gonna say like do you feel like a lot of this anxiety is coming from um situational things in your life do you feel like it's more relational is it more uh paternal maternal wounds what do you feel like what's what's the root of the the anxiety do you feel like yeah great question it's a it's a it's a that question itself is really um, the key to approaching it is to to understand that because I think for anxiety, there's layers. 
And as we pierce through the layers, we realize it's something deeper, it's something deeper, it's something deeper. And it started earlier, earlier, earlier uh, than we, when we imagine. And the process of meeting anxiety seems to be, we look at the superficial things. I know I do. I was like, oh, well, it's, you know, I wasn't getting enough sleep or I've got this deadline for something I'm doing at work, or there's some fight that I had with my partner, something that's going on. That's the root cause of my anxiety. And then as I explore it, it's like layers and layers and layers. And it may well be that, you know, I go back to a point of childhood and there was some strategy that I used there of trying to control situations or not feeling safe or it could be back to like even in utero and my mother was anxious and I learned this tendency to to hold tight in the feeling of the the hormones and the uh, the biochemicals that were going through my infant fetal body at the time of, of this like <gasps> something's not okay and uh, yeah I'm not sure what it what it really is. But you ask the question, uh, is it relational? Is it paternal? Is it maternal? The place that's been showing up, which is the, the clarion call of, I need to address this, is it, it really was relational um, anxiety for me, relationship anxiety. And it is something, interestingly enough, you've made the point earlier that as coaches, we tend to uh, you know, bring in these opportunities for our own health and uh, healing and growth. And it seems to be mirrored in the world of the coaching that we do. And funnily enough, guess what I'm working with a lot with my clients at the moment. <clears throat> and with this uh, dynamic, what I noticed with myself is that I'm 47 years old and I've had through my life a string of relationships. And whenever there's a degree of intimacy or commitment that's required, suddenly so much about the relationship seems wrong. And I start having these intrusive thoughts of like, oh man, is she beautiful enough? Or like, is this behavior that she's doing something I can live with? Would she be a good mother for my kids? And then this, this chewing on these intrusive thoughts comes, comes into a, um, into really bright contrast to my normal peaceful world. And I have these voices that are just, you know, loud and uh, persistent and, the the moment that it became very clear, it was a little while ago, I I came awake with a start at 3 a.m. in the morning, just like, oh, I'm not in the right relationship. And I had the heart beating and the the mind racing, and I was wide awake out of the out of the sleep. And I told myself the story. It's my intuition telling me something here. I need to, I need to get out of this relationship. And then I went and spoke with friends and then had had some calming of my system and then that that resolve and surety just disappeared like a fart in the wind i was like what happened that was i was so sure and that was my moment of of turning inward and saying okay something's going on here and what i've been labeling as my intuition i actually believe is just the voices of my fear and anxiety and so having observed myself over my lifetime with these relationships that have been steadily getting longer and longer, and my last relationship prior to this one was five years, and it was a really beautiful, solid relationship where we came to a mutual understanding that our paths weren't aligned anymore. Um, and I've stepped into this relationship, which I've been in for almost three years now, and it's beautiful and it's solid. And it's also 
the place where I'm now feeling safe enough to actually work on these issues of uh, relationship anxiety. But I don't want to be fooled. I don't want to be fooled that this is relationship anxiety. It is anxiety that is stemming from something really deep within my past that's just showing up in this relational field now. And it's it's the holding place for it. Uh, not that fun for my partner, but you know, it's beautiful for us to be able to meet it together. Well, I think I, and I asked like, what's the the root cause of it? And for me, I know in my healing journey, I, I, when I have figured out what that root cause is, it usually has led to a lot more compassion, empathy for myself. And like, oh, that's just a little, you know, eight-year-old that learned a coping mechanism that I'm still leading as a 35-year-old at the time or something like that. And it's allowed me to be like, oh, gosh, versus beating myself up so much about it. But to your point, I do. I also believe that there's things that I've also discovered in my life that like at some point it's almost a waste to try to figure out what the exact moment was or what, because it doesn't really ultimately, ultimately matter. I feel like if you have inherently the compassion, the grace and the empathy for yourself and you can just start to work through it and heal it regardless. I feel like the awareness is the most important part towards beginning to chip away at, you know, the coping mechanism or whatever. Right. But, I, but I, I think that's pretty cool. And that really resonates for me too. Cause I think I probably do a lot of those things as well. Um, and realize it's, it's not so much having to do with my partner as it is just with my own uh, anxiety, my own fears, you know, and then we label it, especially when we have a certain like feeling of total certainty as like, Oh my gosh, it's my intuition. But yeah, likewise, when, when my nervous system then relaxes, it's like, what did I get all messed up about? It's so strange. So I think there's probably so many men that, that are listening right now that are thinking that they probably do that that as well. And I feel like anxiety is such a good topic of conversation at the moment because there's so much stuff going on in the world. You know, obviously with wars and inflation and uh, challenges with currencies and uh, cryptocurrencies and digital currencies and right. um, presidencies and, you know, corruption. There's just so much that you, that you, me, that anyone listening could be fixated on that would create unraveling anxiety that oftentimes it's just a distraction. I feel like from finding one's purpose and, you know, it, well, healing first and foremost and then moving into their own purpose. Because at, at the end of the day, we only have so much time on this planet as men to, to do our work. And I feel like a lot of times we're distracted by social media or un, unhealed wounds, you know? So I think that that anxiety is a big, a big part of it. But do you feel like a lot of men suffer from this that you're talking about? Or is this kind of something that you've just started to touch upon for yourself and you haven't necessarily explored it beyond your own uh, experience? You just <laughs> unpacked a lot there that I'd, I'd love to touch on a few different points. But uh, to answer your last question, I think that this issue in the West, in, in our modern Western civilized world, is so pervasive that I, I would imagine that it'd be a very rare person that doesn't have some level of it at some times of anxiety, generalized anxiety. But the uh, I, I'd probably even go further to say just with the way that our culture has been oriented towards purpose-driven success, accumulation of wealth, safety, with the uh, inundation of media that is 
really, really clever at hitting us in the fear place of you're not going to be okay. You need to be worried about this. And that generation of that fear response and concern of the future, I imagine that it'd be a pretty safe bet that most men are suffering to some degree with this for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I challenge the idea that it's, it, this is a distraction from us living a purpose-filled life. I'm needing for myself, especially to come into the relationship with the idea that this anxiety is a gift for me, that my actual true work is not about what I'm doing in the outside world. It's really about how I'm meeting myself. And I subscribe to the idea that there's there's a journey that my being, my soul, if you like, is is going on and that my primary allegiance is to that development, that growth, that understanding of the truth of who I am beyond any trappings of the world or any identificational status or things that I've accomplished, my legacy, like all of that's going to be washed away with time, you know, give it a thousand years and maybe my soul is still kicking on in another life. And the things that I've accomplished in this life are going to be you know, really irrelevant, but the things that I accomplish internally in this life will be very relevant. So for me, this is not a distraction. This is a beautiful gift and a challenge for me of like, okay, this is my next body of work is how do I, how do I meet myself with the compassion, with the love, with the acceptance, with the patience that those parts of me that are freaking out internally desire as me as the conscious parent of myself and my parts how do i meet that inner child that's hiding in the bedroom crying under the sheets like i'm scared daddy and it's like yeah okay come here son like and i how can i come and hold myself but you know what i i imagine this may be true for a lot of people i speak to myself in my unconscious moments in ways that i would never speak to another person and when I'm now starting to look at the the language of that, which is just it's a it's something I haven't brought awareness to. You you mentioned awareness, and I'm I'm really on board with that. My my awareness of these inner voices and the way that I'm telling myself to shut up or man up or um, that I'm an idiot or I'm being weak or whatever it is, I wouldn't. I wouldn't apply that language to someone that I hated today. I'd still deal with them with a greater modicum of respect and compassion than I'm, I've been dealing with myself. And then when I consider like, this is, this is maybe like a three-year-old part of myself, a four-year-old part, how would I be with a child? Would I be telling them, oh, shut up. What are you worried about? Like, this is just stupid. Like, let it go. Like, get over it. And would I yell at them? I can't imagine I'd do that. And so, uh, yeah, coming into that, that humbleness for me of recognizing that there's parts of me that are, that are really struggling. And I've now gone through my own, own rites of passage to be an adult man that's now capable of offering up the parenting skills that these parts that have been waiting for me to arrive for so long, now they can receive and I can offer them. 
I, I appreciate the the reframe. And I think that's that's so good. I think it's probably it's probably a, a insight into my own way of how I to your point, like we talk so down to ourselves. And for me, I, I do feel like an underlying belief is that I'm a disappointment. So that that how you know, how could you or all the, the internal conversations that are so so strong at, at ourselves is a lot of times part of the, the issue. And I like the reframe. It's like, no, this is a, a distraction um, or a, call it a wounding, but it's more so a gift. And so I love that. I, I, I do feel like um, a lot of what you're talking about is what has kept men from being strong leaders uh, in this world. And I feel like the world is, you know, screaming, aching for, for strong leadership, both in men and women. Um, but I, but I also feel like, as you mentioned, rites of passage, that it's, it's the result of not having that. And I didn't have that. I'm still struggling in my forties now in my, you know, intimate relationships and with my relationships with my, my employees to, to come from a authentic, uh, come from of, of yeah, leadership, integrity, um, yeah. not trying to fake it till I make it, but just trying to, to really have a clear direction of where I'm going in life and be able to lead those that, that are looking for that leadership. So how can, is there uh maybe we can talk about leadership, but also talk about the importance of uh, rites of passage and why there's a lack of rites of passage in today's day and age. Yeah. I, the leadership piece feels like it's really alive for me. And there's a, I think there's a an image that's been portrayed in the world of of leaders that the ones that are worthy of following are the ones that have got it all figured out and they're these strong capable men that like bulletproof and they can just handle and I'd love to see the age of that that facade drop away and I would really love to see an age of men that are like you and I that have come into terms with our with our humanness that we're still figuring it out. Like, oh man, I thought I'd have it figured out by now, but it seems like every decade that I get along, I realize that I know less and less and I have more and more stuff that's uncovered. And wow, to meet this, I need more and more humbleness to, to recognize that this is, this is a journey that doesn't have this point where I'm like, you know what? I've made it. I've accomplished everything done. Oh, I can rest enlightened on the top of the mountain. It doesn't feel like that to me. And like hearing you speak of your own challenges and vulnerability, for me, I feel much more open to you and a lot more willing to want to sit and say, wow, tell me about your journey. I'd, I'd love for you to lead me through like this, this world of like, how have you figured out these things to come to this place of, I don't know. And to to actually be able to rest there confidently in yourself, saying, "You know what? I don't know, man. It's a real mystery, but these are the these are the different trails that I've gone down, and this is what I've experienced so far." Uh, you know, they're men that I that I trust in the world to do that. So I really appreciate you modeling that for me just there. Um, and <clears throat> with regards to rites of passage, another humbling thing is for me. I'm due another rite of passage. Like I've just discovered a whole nother world within me that is wanting to be met. And I'm looking to mobilize the courage to meet it. Last night, I, I woke up in the middle of the night from a dream where I was in a, 
this vast building with all of these labyrinth halls and back doors and stairways and things. And something was chasing me. There were people like a, a some guard, some group that wanted me. And I was running and hiding and like looking for the best place to hide. And I realized it's a beautiful metaphor for some of the ways I live my life that I, I have these gifts that I know they're really valuable. And I also know that there are powers in the world that don't want these gifts shared. And those powers are coming for me. And people that have shined their light really brightly in the past, I've got a lot of evidence that those people get killed. And I'm like, I just got to make myself small. I don't want to be killed. I don't want to be persecuted. And so I'm just going to find like the most hidden point down this maze and these corridors and find some little hidey hole underneath some stairs. And in my dream, that's what I was looking for, just so I can I can be safe and they won't find me here. And I'm like, wow, that's that's how I've been living my life in some ways, parts of me. I haven't been able to stand on that mountaintop with my chest exposed, roaring my truth out to the world. It's like, no, someone's going to take a shot at me. And I'm scared of that. And for me, it's like, well, maybe it's time for me to go through another rite of passage to find the courage to stand on that mountaintop, my chest exposed, roaring to the world like, no, I don't stand for this corruption anymore. I stand for truth. And that's my own game. That's that's the thing that calls me forth. And for me to recognize that rites of passage, ideally it would be something that we would have had consistent through our experience of life that was ritualized from a kid through different stages. And we've lost that. And so for me, I'm I'm coming up to another one. And I've had to develop my own in the past. And this one I'll probably bring some guys together and and help me to break through or leverage my men's groups or my friends to to find a way. You know, it's it's become such a part of my work that my foundation coaching program now is the entry point into my work is for guys to come and do a rite of passage with me. And <clears throat> we get to design up their own particular rite of passage of how they get to meet themselves. And we go through this journey for six weeks of identifying where they're dependent and doing an audit on their system and where they've abdicated responsibility, where their fears are, and how to how to bring all that information together to create something that is a transition point for them, where they can say there was a before and now there is an after. And that part of me that was afraid that was unwilling to meet my life in a certain way, that part of me now can be put to rest because there's a new version of me that's here now and ready to meet life in the way that I'm I'm destined to. And so, yeah, that six-week program is, yeah, it's a birthing of my heart and my awareness of the need for this in our culture, especially for the lack of it. And it's for men of all ages. Like you said, you're in your 40s. I'm 47. And I don't imagine it's ever going to end. You know, the the great rite of passage that we're all building ourselves up to is to be able to meet death one day. And that rite of passage, perhaps the greatest one since our birth, like how do you want to do that? Like, are you going to prepare for that? For me, I'm I'm preparing now. I'm like, I want to make sure that when that moment comes, when death comes to greet me, 
that I mobilize my courage. I look it square in the eyes and I don't go into it wanting to fight. I go into it with the, with the heart that says, oh, my old dear friend, I'm so glad you've returned. Take me with you. I'm ready. And yeah, how can I live from this day to that in preparation, walk in the sacred journey through to that moment? So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's not just, you know, I think in, in previous years, I feel like I thought, you know, a, a rite of passage is a coming into manhood. And once you go through it, you're good. But it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you could go through several rites of passage uh, each time you, you're needing to kind of level up your game. Is that true? Or do you feel like men need to go through a main rite of passage and then beyond that, then it's... Diff, like they can't resort back to maybe their boyhood they're into their manhood and just chipping away at becoming more of a professional man at that point or do you feel like it's it's healthy for men to go through various rites of passages throughout seasons of life well i think there's there's a couple of parts of this i i see it as vital that we go through some ritualized rites of passage of very various points through our life. Like we have things like weddings, which is a, a rite of passage. We have the entry into college, which is a rite of passage. We have the moving out of home, which is a rite of passage. And these may or may not be ritualized. Maybe our 21st birthday, I in Australia, the 21st birthday is a big deal for people. It's the coming of age as an adult um, in Jewish tradition, they have the bar mitzvah, which is the the rite of passage there in Kenya. When I was there, they have this uh, this circumcision ceremony at around the age of thirteen, which is a massive rite of passage for them. And I think the ritualized rite of passages are really important. And there are certain elements to it where we we go through a an experience, and um, on the other side of it, we're welcomed back as the new person by our community or maybe it's just one other person but there's there's an acknowledgement from the external world that we're different and there are these preceding steps to come up to that point some task that we have to meet ourselves in some particular way and then being welcomed back there's a there's a structure to what rites of passage are but the i think as equally important is to recognize the need for awareness of rites of passage that are happening all the time. If there's ever been a moment in your life where you were afraid to do something and up until that point in your life, you're like, you know what? I haven't been able to, I could never get up on stage and speak to an audience of more than a hundred people. It would terrify me. And then one day you did it. The awareness that that was a rite of passage. You are no longer the person that is too afraid to stand up. You've done it. You now have that in your back pocket. Like, no, I'm good. I got that. It was a rite of passage for me. The first time you got up onto the bike by yourself as a kid without dad there holding onto you and you did it by yourself and you were scared, but you did it. That was a rite of passage for you. You are no longer the little boy that's too afraid to ride the bike. You are a little boy now who is capable of riding a bike by yourself. And when we come into that awareness of we are constantly offering ourselves opportunities to meet ourselves, meet our fear, to let go of the version of ourselves that's limited, and we embrace a larger version of ourselves. That's a rite of passage. And you've gone through so many of them in your life. 
You're a beast. Look what you've done in your life. And when we get to see that, we can accumulate the courage that we have garnered from all of those experiences. And just like if we were playing some, some computer game and you like you got through the first boss, that's like the rite of passage. But you know, the next boss you get to, you want it to be harder than that first boss, right? Because you want to keep the game interesting. So boss at level two is like, oh yeah, I really have to like meet myself in this. And you're at like boss 59 or whatever, or let's let's call it the age, you're you're in your mid-40s. You know, the bosses that you're fighting now, when you're in your in your teens, there's no way you would have been able to meet them. Because you are now a much more integrated, strong, capable, courageous man. And that's amazing. I like that analogy because it takes me back to my childhood when I was playing a lot more video games than I play now. But it's so true. Um, and I do feel like that, that yeah, just every single time we've leveled up is a rite of passage, you know? And uh, used to be so scared of recording podcasts, so scared of uh, posting posting videos of me in any shape or form on, on the internet. And that became, it's, it's no no big thing at all at this point, right? But I, I remember at times there's just, even the fear of leaving my corporate job and, you know, starting my first business or now things that I, that were so scary to me at the time are now like no big deal. Uh, it's easy, I think, at times then for us to f- forget how challenging it is for people who are maybe working on breaking through of different levels that we may now take for granted, you know. So I think that's important to me as I as I empathize with those that are taking big steps in their life, no matter what. It's a rite of passage and they shouldn't shame themselves or compare themselves with other people because it, other people might make it look easy, right? But I think that's that's such a, a vital distinction. I appreciate you mentioning that, um, that, that those rites of passage never really do end. Um, and I know for me, especially with the, the whole concept of becoming kings, you know, and, and obviously it's a play off of my, my genuine last name, but I, and I love the whole idea and I, I've seen it in the work that you do too, just the whole path to, to becoming king that Alison Armstrong talks about that so many people talk about, which is, I feel like just being a, a man of living a, abundantly and uh, being an in integrity, just being authentic, congruent with your, your head and your heart and your balls for that matter. Right. Um, and I think as we continue to get older and and keep leveling up and keep meeting and defeating new level bosses, you know, that's that is the the point. So that when we do meet our final day, if you will, final we, boss, yeah, the final boss that we move through, whatever that next experience is, um, mm. beyond this human experience, that we do it with grace and compassion, and and that we leave a, I think a. The most important like a legacy of love um whether it be children or relationships or just our impact in the world and i feel like that's that's a big part of it so i digress but what do you feel like is a a big part of uh, a man's path to becoming a king and and what's your or what's your journey in that same endeavor if that makes sense yeah it, it makes complete sense i love the question as well it yeah there's it's something I've been really chewing on. Like, what what is it to to become a king? What is it to embody that king energy? And what kind of king am I identifying with that I want to become? Because there's 
these kings of history. There's these Alexander the Great or um, Genghis Khan or King Arthur. And there's these archetypal kings that we have out there. And, you know, some of them were warlords. Some of them were incredibly hedonistic and just narcissistic and wanted things for themselves. But then we got, you know, King Arthur, which I think is in our in our lineage, the the epitome of the good king. And what were his attributes? And I I love this story that's cross cultures um, of the king that disguises himself and then walks among the people. And he goes out and he goes into the taverns and he goes among the the homeless on the street and he he goes to the the puppeteer show where they're mocking him and he walks as a common man through his kingdom to see like what is what is the experience of the common people and if there was one attribute that i would say is the highest attribute of a king that i i wish to embody it's humbleness the accumulation of power has this propensity to be able to corrupt us that the parts of ourselves that are attached to the idea that we are something when we afford those things, those aspects of ourselves power, they seem to become really loud and they seem to become like little kids just running amok in the playground. And the antidote for that hubris, for that narcissism, the antidote for that arrogance and that greed and that power tripping, the tyrant energy, to me is humbleness. And what it means to me is that we start to identify less and less with the aspects of ourself that are needy and greedy. And we identify more and more with this masculine core, which is connected to something that's much greater than self. And to me, the greatest kings are the ones that have surrendered their own personal will. And they're now living through the will of their higher self, the will of the universe, the will of existence, the will of God, that they are no longer acting just for their small self. Their humbleness has become so pervasive through them that they just become a vessel for the wisdom of existence to be acted through them as the vessel. And then that is a man that is worthy of the power because you know, it's existence is only going to provide that level of power to those ones that have demonstrated they don't, it'll blow us out. If we get, if we tap into that wellspring of power from the universe and we've got parts of us that want to hold it and attach to it and claim it as ours, it's, you know, you've seen the dramas that happen on the world stage when people do that. They play out the most incredible power trips. And destructive energy, it's like, wow, like that's that's incredible. So for me, the path to becoming a king is to to perpetually drop into that place of the I don't know. Like I've explored as much as I can and I have to surrender here. And I am I'm merely human. And as much as I'd like to imagine myself as immortal and all capable and and going to be enlightened and all just to just rest and like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a human man and I'm mortal and I'm doing the best I can. And I have more flaws than I care to count, but I found something beautiful within myself that is 
untouchable, unimpeachable. And it's, it's the truth of my heart. It's pure. And that is my nature. And to me, becoming a king is not about gaining power over anyone else. It's, it's to accept. Perhaps for some people, this is hard to understand or appreciate, but to accept the truth that we have always been all-powerful, that perhaps we are actually the source of existence, living out an experience as a human man, pretending that we are just this one little thing when really we are all of existence, just witnessing ourselves through the eyes of one. That's uh, as a mic drop moment, and I completely agree. I do feel like um, when when you boil things down to energy, we're all just energy, and all yeah. part of the the same source, um, and just vibrating on and on different frequencies, if you will. Um, I think that's that's really good, and I feel like that it's so true. When we let go of the the ego, um, which a lot of men have. And it's, uh, it's narcissism. It's just, you know, a, a mask for insecurity and that sort of thing. It's amazing what we can do for impacting the world powerfully. Like I said, going back to that uh, whole conversation about leadership, you know, just going yeah. back to that uh, level of kind of oneness, if you will. Um, it just takes a lot of self-reflection, a lot of humility, like you said, a lot of um courage and it's interesting how i feel like and maybe it's, this would be good to kind of uh, get your opinion on but like with power to, to gain power uh i have noticed a theme through life to gain power is to also simultaneously surrender um, mm. which is an interesting you know uh balance um do you, do you find that that's true for you because i feel like that as we get older it's actually surrendering to the younger version of ourselves, a surrendering to, you know, uh, hair that's now gray. It's surrendering to <laughs> not being as mobile. It's surrendering to, if you have kids, I haven't yet, but to have kids is to, to, to wean them and to teach them and, and lead them and then to surrender them back to the world and, and let go of them. Everything's about getting and then letting go, you know? Um, do you find that that's, that's a big part of the, the journey to becoming a king as well? Yeah, you know, I actually, I don't know if I've considered that before. Is power associated with with surrendering? Um, there's a few things that come up. I I have this I this image in my mind of gripping, of like when I'm trying to hold something that I'm not able to actually use my hand, but when I let it go, suddenly I have I have agency. I can I can do things again, but it's it's still not quite hitting the mark for me. Um, I feel like there's some truth in it. I, I I really like it. I'm going to sit with it and and see what comes up. Something that I have found though, with with regards to power, is it's it's kind of this paradoxical thing that I've seen with with the ideas of freedom, responsibility, commitment, and how so many men want to abdicate their responsibilities. They want to they want to avoid any commitments and they want to just be free and capable of doing whatever they want, whenever they want. And they see somehow that as being a powerful place to be. And I'm not sure if this ties in exactly, but the um, the paradox of it has seemed to me that 
the freedom that people want comes from the acceptance of commitments and responsibilities. And you're not free to do anything. You're free to really just explore this thing and cut out all the extraneous noise. And I wonder if power is something similar to that in, in trying to gather more things and hold more things that you become burdened by it. But the power that we seek is maybe in surrendering, surrendering the attachments to things so that we have now got more capacity and spaciousness inside ourselves to welcome in something that's new, something that's intuitive, something that's magical. But uh, yeah, I, I like the question. I'm going to sit with it. Yeah. It's like surrendering control, trying to control everything, right. surrendering attachment to what we think uh, something should look like or how someone should behave or where we should, where we should be financially or, you know, relationally by a certain age. I just you feel know, like it's, it's surrendering so much of that stuff. I feel like it's part of the journey of personal growth. I'm remembering this time at Burning Man and had a few trips out there. Amazing place to go and explore oneself. And I think one of the most powerful times that I've experienced for myself was when I was out there and I was really surrendered in the, I don't know. And magic seemed to be happening. And things that I really desired and wanted were coming to me, but it wasn't through my conscious intent. I They would surprise me and I wouldn't even realize I really wanted this. I really wanted this conversation or this piece of information. I really wanted this event to happen. And I was so surrendered. I was like, I'm, I'm in this major, massive, crazy wonderland. And I'm tapped into this ability and I'm just, I'm surrendered. Like, where do I go? I'm like, I, I'll go over here. And the it was so clearly not a place where control is going to be exerted very well because it's madness. It's madness out there. And when I surrendered into that, letting go of the control, yeah, it was like the the magic that's always wanting to direct my life was able to finally bypass all of my control mechanisms and direct me. And I was able to experience that, that magic, that power. And I had, I had tremendous agency. It was like the, the, the conversations that I'd have, I had so much potency in them because there were just ideas coming to me. I wasn't preparing or thinking. It was just these outpourings of this insight with these people and whoa and i'm like holy crap i'm super powerful right now this is like i'm tapped in and it's almost like i was sitting in the back seat just enjoying this this unfolding play that i i wasn't driving the bus i'm just in the back seat watching and this is amazing bus drivers got this so good <laughs> yeah i was so relaxed and felt so powerful at the same time part of Part of that, I mean, we could talk, I obviously, this will go into part three of uh, the next time you're on the podcast, but I do feel like a big part of my journey too, and just starting even since 2020, uh, when I had all the time in the world and uh, locked in my house, was uh, actually going out into the woods in Colorado and starting to to dabble with, with mushrooms. And first time in my life, I've never really been uh, much into to drugs for that matter, but starting... The, the idea of surrendering my uh, control of my mind and letting that play out was the scariest thing, you know, and it took me back to being on 
uh, amusement rides when I was a little boy and wanting to get off. And then I couldn't get off and they, and, the, and I couldn't control it. And I was starting to feel like I was going to throw up or just feeling like anxiety. And to circle back around to what we first started talking about in terms of the anxiety, I feel like, again, it's like, uh, it reminds me of what Byron Katie talks about in a bunch of her work. If you've ever heard of her stuff and her book, uh, Loving What Is, it's like, let surrender to just you wanting life to be any different than it is. And that's where we have so much anxiety and stress around is because I, we want it to be different than how it actually shows up. Instead of just loving, like you said, which is a great reframe, it's not a distraction. It's just, what if, again, Tony Robbins, it's all happening for us versus to us. And it is all a gift. It's all uh, teaching. It's all, um, you know, an opportunity for us to grow. And that growth and healing can come so much more aptly or so much quicker if we're willing to surrender, which again is the scariest thing, I think, for so many of us in this three-dimensional world, right? But I do feel like what you're saying to me really resonates is like just surrendering to our desire to to control and to ultimately be safe and just to actually know that we are safe. It's our divine right and uh, that we are enough and we are loved and we don't have to do anything. I think that brings along the confidence and the integrity and the authenticity of them becoming, you know, great leaders as men and great leaders as, as human beings, you know? So I do feel like a big part of that is going through rites of passage, like you're talking about, that you lead to help us learn to shed the, the, the more scared version of ourselves to step into greater trust and just relaxing, you know, from that standpoint. So what are your thoughts along that in terms of just the, the journey of, of helping men through their rites of passage. And then my second kind of question on top of that is if, if a guy were listening and he's like, okay, this sounds like something I really want to step into. What does that look like? Are they flying out to Bali? Are they flying out to Australia? Are you doing things online? Is it you coming to, to the United States? What does that even look like in terms of how you, make uh rites of passage actually happen yeah thanks man i love to share i get there's any any guys out there that are recognizing maybe they have a need for a rite of passage one of the things that i think is really important is for it to be um in context of your own life so i'm not going to take you away and come out to bali and hang out with me here although that'd be great if you want to i'm not going to deny that come on over uh it's a beautiful place to hang but what we want to do is to leverage what you've got around you already. And if you don't have the tools and the the things, that's part of the, the program that I put together is how do we start to curate the support networks and the um, internally and externally for you to consistently go through these rites of passage in your life. And in, in the, the program that I designed is six weeks. And, you know, the first couple of weeks, we're just doing basically an audit and figuring out what's going on in their life. And then we design up together the ideal rite of passage and and then we 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 execute it. And then they have that opportunity to, to create for themselves what they want. Maybe it's a vision quest. Maybe it's running a marathon. Maybe it's uh, doing a darkness retreat. Maybe it's doing some plant medicine or some psychedelics, but it'll be very particular to them. And it needs to meet them where they're scared, but they have capacity to be able to get through it. And we design it up, and then, um, then following that, they they create the the support for them going forward, and that may be the 
alignment with a couple of friends to be able to have a, a support network. Maybe they join in one of my men's groups online to be able to have that uh, support for themselves. But uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful process for them to be able to step into curating through the help of, of a ritual elder, a guide like myself, which seems to be part of this process for the psyche of handing over some of that control to someone else to say, hey, help me. I need support. And so I play that role for them, but to guide them, not from me telling them what to do, but drawing from them the wisdom within themselves of what they're needing. And we go through the process and it's empowering. People come out of it from a rite of passage experience and they're a new person. It's the things that were limiting them before no longer hold sway over them. They're now free. They're free to explore the new version of themselves. And from my perspective, there's nothing that's really more valuable than that. As a man, my desire to be unbound, to be free, to be able to direct my energy in the way that I want is the most important thing. And so, you know, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm offering, men. How can we unbind you from the limitations you placed on yourself? How can we free you to be able to live your life? with greater truth, greater purpose, with greater direction and with more courage than you had before. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great way to, to sum it up because it's, to me again, yeah, becoming a king to me is, is and I say living a life of abundance, but you can all, you know, it's basically freedom. Freedom to, right. to think and to do and to just be authentically every every part of you that you are destined to be right yes and to not be part of uh what life or your parents or someone else told you to be it's you finding that within yourself because if you're just going to, to terrence to, to have you tell them how they should be it's not going to be authentic you know and i think that's what's scary about the work sometimes for men is like you know I, i've got to be me and you know, they, they want to have that control, but again, surrendering to support, having the humility to say, okay, what, what in life has not been working for me? Let's just call a spade a spade, you know, and then to, to come with that curiosity, that humility, and that willingness to step into greater levels of consciousness is where the, the juice of this human experience, I think really lies. So I love that, that that's what you're supporting. I love that. Um, you know, if you were saying that you were just doing it in Bali, people are like, oh, that sounds great but I can't afford that or I can't take the time off the, the reality that you can meet them from anywhere in the world with obviously the technology that we're, we're utilizing right now. Exactly. Really gives them no reason to not step into it other than they're just scared. Right. Um, yeah. So having said that, what, how do they, you know, obviously the, the logical next question is how do they explore more? How do they get in touch with you? How do they look into that as a possible possibility to work with you and, and step through that rite of passage yeah look i'm sure you're going to have the link to my website below um they can check that out and you know instagram handles and things like that but um yeah if you just search terence carfrey my name and you can find out more information and there's there's so many opportunities in the world like it doesn't even have to be through me and what i'd encourage any guys listening to this is that you as a man as a human being are wired to have support to have someone who has gone through something that maybe you're wanting to go through and for them to guide you through it, like throughout the history of humankind, that's what, that's what we've done. And so 
the idea of having shame or needing to control that experience, um, I'd, I'd encourage guys to look at that and and to understand that our design is that we've had a tribe around us and we've had elders around us since the dawn of time that ushered us through these experiences. At the end of the day, it's going to be you. It's going to be you that has to go through the process. It's going to be you that has to meet yourself. Um, but yeah, the... And uh, I just wanted to also note that there's there's also these retreat experiences that are around that are in person. Like I'm about to go to Argentina and teach an initiation retreat down there, seven days, where we we go through um, some really profound rites of passage that are staged. Like it's not just one, it's several that staged throughout the week that men get a chance to meet themselves and their fears and and push through and you start to realize like I'm much more capable than I thought I was. And so there are in, in-person in experiences that that can happen as well. Uh, it'll probably be too soon to to plug that at the moment. But um, yeah, the the initiation journey is something that's happening internationally. It's happening that I, I facilitate along with a group of other guys. Um, but yeah, that's how they can get in contact with me. Like, let me know if if you're feeling like there's a there's a, a greater degree of power and agency that you want in your life and that there are some limitations internally that you are struggling to break through. Maybe you're feeling lost. Maybe you're feeling directionless. Maybe you're feeling like you haven't really claimed your manhood yet. Yeah, reach out. That there's, There is a way to break through those ceilings within yourself. And maybe you're really just needing to go through a a curated rite of passage that's specific for you. Yeah. Cause I also feel like, um, you know, myself included up until a point, I just got really good at listening to podcasts, watching video on, on, on YouTube and just uh, reading books, but there wasn't, there's just another level that I had to surrender to, uh, you know, no pun intended, just, just coming back to actually delving into do the work and investing in uh, a more organic type of program that you're talking about with other men was it just a, it take it took my my consciousness and my way of being to another level just continue to chip away at it so i i really recommend any guy that's listening to, to this to like take some action and to reach out to terrence and send him a voice note or send him a text uh through you know instagram or, or whatever i'll obviously we'll put all the links down below but thank you brother i really appreciate the work that you're doing i i just love your energy and and the authenticity and the humility to kind of share even what you're going through versus like you said being a, an alpha thinking like uh, or trying to act like you have all your shit together and you're perfect um but really just being genuine it really shines through so um just appreciate what you're doing and, and i really appreciate you being on on the podcast i wish we could talk more but we'll save it for another time since i know you got to go do your work yeah my pleasure to be with you as well i, I really enjoy my experience of you too and I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing um yeah and service of service of all the men to claim their hearts and stand up for what's good huh yeah absolutely um well i appreciate you thank you so much your brother uh do yourself a solid Thanks, jump on uh social media follow terrence uh i'll link all the stuff below this video and below this podcast and until we meet on the next episode of the becoming kings podcast thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon cheers that's it for this one and i want to thank you for listening Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. 
It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts, since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.